0: Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. And it's on like Donkey Kong. (laughs) We are going to have fun today. This is one of those episodes. And my guest is. Very cool and very weird. She is self-described as anything but vanilla. A little weird. But, you know, honestly, that's where the magic comes from. That's where the creativity comes from. And she is also surrounded by artifacts of another time and another, another civilization. And Yes, and she will be using those, those artifacts today. But let's not just talk about that. She's also a marketing consultant to the stars, fractional CMO, and her superpower, if you didn't know, uh, is that she turns problems into successes. And so we're going to talk about some of those as well. Founder of Actionable Marketing, a Facebook group, and president of Jesse Cohn Marketing, Jesse Cohn. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Casey, for having me.
0: Well, that was the like heck?
1: the greatest intro of my life.
0: <laughs> I know. You know what you got to do is you got to you get a little clip of that and then you make it your wake-up ringtone on your phone when you wake up in the morning. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, Jesse Cohn. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna send it to my brother's a video editor. So I'm gonna send it to him. He like did yes. a little animation of my logo. I'm like, scrap that work. This is what I want you to put yes. in. We're gonna have <laughs> yes. like lights flashing the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Stop. Yeah, stop all the, the productive projects you're doing. I've got a new one for you. Mm-hmm. Here it is.
1: <laughs> Here we go. I'm, I'm your sister. Number one priority. This is critical.
0: On, yeah. Man. Priority one. Let's go. Stat. I need it by tomorrow. 24 hour turnaround right well look we got you here i'm so stoked to chat with you i know you are you leave nothing on the table you're ready to smash stuff so let me pass you my thing and you can go ahead and pick up your thing um this show is all about smashing marketing myths so here we go here you go this is thor's hammer should i
1: grab mine
0: pick up your persian mace what is my
1: persian mace all That's right. A, so the short story about, but his name is Myron. I don't know yes. what his real name is, but this is what we named him. I love Brimfield. For those of those of you who, aren't lis- who are listening or watching or whatever, He's a Brimfield Antique Fair. It's one of the biggest antique fairs in the country. I've been gone wow. in the past few years. I saw him on a table. He cost me like nothing. The guy knew nothing about him. He's very pretty. He's got a lot of like inlay and detail and he's got this funny little face on him. He does. Isn't he? He's, like He's got horns.
0: So I'm looking at like, like a stick with a thing on the end that you smash It's like a little beetle. devil. It is like devil horns and this like face that says, I don't care. I'm going to smash you.
1: Yeah. And so he, um, I did a ton of research on him. He's actually um, an Indo-Persian uh, ceremonial mace from um, the 1800s, I believe, or 1600s. Jeez. Shoot. I should have looked it up. Um, but yeah. So he hangs at my house. My husband nice. is not a fan, but we're buddies. He hangs out my room.
0: And you know what? Oh, yeah. Let's um, you know, tap. You know, here we go. Tools. There you go. Cheers. All right. Take that mace and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all.
1: So, my biggest myth is when brand, or I guess it's my biggest smashing is like brands who are not authentic. So and transparent. Um, like just. Be yourselves. Admit when you make mistakes. Be upfront with it. You know, like, I, I, of course, I don't have an example off the top of my head. That's the first time that's ever happened. But <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a, a great example. of Who I think of somebody who did this really, really well. Yes. Like, let's talk about Corona beer for, for a minute. Okay. When all of this Corona business happened, that's and we true. won't go into that. Corona Beer did not come out and say anything. They didn't post a statement. They didn't take advantage of this. But you know, a month or two later, they put out a really, really nice message and a really nice that says, "Look, we're making donations to help solve this problem." You know, it could have been a really, really disaster of a situation, and they just did it really well. I thought
0: authentically.
1: Yeah. Um, Somehow and- we've
0: separated that in our minds, right? They're not.
1: Yeah. They're but not how bad could that have gone? Oh if yeah. We didn't do it right. That's what
0: I was wondering about. Like, is that gonna just make people go like, ew, I don't wanna drink germ right. juice, but it's not. Everyone knows it's the fucking beach and you wanna go it. to the beach, you know?
1: Totally. They handled it super well. Another yeah. one that I think handled it well that I remember again, this is back in March, is uh, Angel Soft toilet paper. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna go there real early. So remember we had toilet paper shortages. I'm sure all of you have a couple of rolls and you would normally buy in your house. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I bought these like bulk industrial rolls. They don't fit on the rung, right? Because they're the big ones that you you get. I was like, I just got to make sure I got
1: some. You're going to have something. Yeah. So Angelsoft did an amazing job with an advertisement that came out that really showcased that they care. Here's how we're taking really? care of our audience. Uh, here's how we're taking care of you, you know, and here's how we're taking care of our people. I just remember distinctly, you know what, I'm a Scott Sharman household usually, but if myself is there, you know, I'm going to buy it because I'm going to support kind of what they were saying and how they were showcasing, like they were showing their workers, they're saying, look, we're here for you. Like they just came out with a really nice, message on how to handle it. So mm. the authenticity behind that was which I, I thought was great. I and mean, for me it's I know we're talking about a lot of B2C brands at the moment but B2B brands too like trying to figure out how to pivot in this environment, trying to figure out how to be transparent and take care of their employees and understand that this stuff is hard. Yeah. You know, I, you know a lot of the messaging that you're hearing is and seeing and listening is like, "Oh, now people have time to enjoy other things in their lives." I'm right. like, "Time? Are you on freaking crack like imagine like i'm i'm not a parent um but i have many people in my lives who are and they have so much less time there's no take care there's nobody at school they're trying to figure that out like imagine being a teacher and your kid doesn't go to the same school you go to there's no time so Mm -hmm. you know like people who are saying that well now you have more time for self-care like um of course i can't think of any beauty brands right now but i know i've seen it recently like, there's no more time. Like, you're crazy. Make it easy. Make it easy for me. Be authentic and say, look, take five minutes for you while you're watching TV in the evening or you're cooking dinner. Put a face mask on or something like that. You know?
2: Yeah. Just
1: like be creative and be aware and astute to what's going on in the world. Right. right that was a little mini soapbox for you there for a minute. No,
0: so. no. Get back on this. Get back up there. <laughs> what do you, I, I know. You know, tied to the you know, we don't remember the people who have been authentic because we, I think we like blur them from our minds like they're being just deleted because we can't stand it, you know?
1: Yeah. It was, it's interesting. I was reading um, Ad Age actually this morning mm. to kind of see what's going on. Whether I don't watch a lot of live TV. So even thinking about how advertisers have to get more creative, although yeah. I do watch Jeopardy every night because I'm a crazy person. Still. And, yeah. I'm like, Jeopardy,
0: I, I mean, it's a classic. There's a reason it's still on.
1: It's awesome. And they're playing old episodes, and they're so much harder. Like, even the ones from the late 90s and the early 2000s, I'm like, I have no idea. Really? Yeah. The ones in the 80s, I did better at.
0: So they've gotten easier in the 90s and 2000s?
1: No, they're harder back then. They're easier now. So, like, the, you know, I know the answers for the ones now. But in, like, that time period, I must have been a teenager and just not caring about the world because it was the late 90s and, you know, teenage angst.
0: Um, yeah, well, I remember listening, like you know, with grandparents and everything, and it was a tradition. Hey, you know, pour that drink and sit down. And this is this is her her ritual. My my grandmother was a ritual to sit down and watch Jeopardy. You know, you can be you can be playing your Nintendo games before that and after that. But in this house, that that's going off. We're gonna watch Alex Trebek, and and I I, I never could quite get all the you know questions even as I was growing up. But maybe that's it. Maybe we've gotten soft.
1: Well, Jeopardy, you know, soft try it now because like as a kid i didn't get anything
0: okay.
1: you know that's the difference and that's that's what's interesting about it i totally lost my original training well
0: we're life. talking about ad age
1: oh we we're talking about ad age, and i was looking because i just like to see they always have some interesting controversial articles and perspectives yeah. in there i mean and again especially i, I know I'm, I'm timing wise though when we're recording this yesterday uh, joe biden announced who he was running with so all the True. news is around that Um just for context. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm two days late. (laughs) Maybe on Monday they would have had some stuff. So, but um, I think people are just being really, really careful in what they say and how they say it. I think Mm. there's a lot of exhaustion of this um, you know, this like uh we're here for you, we care about you, you know, the way that people are messaging it. And it's, you know, it's also August you know, and so I think a lot of people are on vacation. So there's a lot of that, but it's this back. I was going to ask you about this. Like, are you seeing a lot of people just back to business, you know, in the, in our B2B world that we live in right now? And like, that's what I'm seeing yeah. in a lot of places. There's like a little bit of, there's less chatter and more, I guess chatter isn't the right word. There's less of this, like call for community, you know, call for this immediate need of networking community, I guess is the way that I'll describe that.
2: Hmm. Um,
1: than, than there was that urgency. I mean, it's there because we aren't getting out, but we've, we've transitioned and we're more comfortable with the virtual world than we may have been even last month or a couple of months ago.
0: Yeah. I definitely had a period of mourning where I just was like eating all the things, drinking all the things and just being really sad because I wanted to go to events. I had like eight trips scheduled up on Delta right? Poor Delta. But like I had all these trips and I was excited. I was going to go to Colorado. I was going to try to get in a hike before going and meeting with some cool people. And it was like, this is going to be great. So I was definitely bummed for a bit, but I think maybe it's taken, it takes humans two months to adapt or maybe I'm slow or fast. I don't know. But like, eventually I'm kind of like, okay, this is my, and and there's, and there's positives to it. Like for me, I got kids, so I spend more time with them and I don't have the commute. You know, some people have really long commutes mine's short anyways, but now it's zero. Um, and I've been more healthy because I can go for a walk. And if I get crazy out and get sweaty because it's hot out, you just you can fix it when you come home. Whereas if you're at the office, you're like stuck that way, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I I think we kind of adapted. And so yeah, in the in the B2B world, I you're starting to see it just be maybe it's still a little bit more double, you know, it's a double take on the on the spend the expenditures and whatnot but still it's people like well business is still going you know meanwhile like school and all sorts of drama around like oh what do you do with school and kids and all so there's all those like things around it but at least in terms of the work front a lot of that is yeah it's getting it's getting back too which is great which is really great to see
1: yeah i i feel like like again my my husband works in in B2B um, and i have obviously a lot of friends and network in in the B2B world and I, we're driving around cuz you know that's one thing to do is like go drive around and you know i live in metro west massachusetts there's a lot of office buildings and i'm like it's going to happen to these buildings office buildings yeah you know, we don't really like because we're all adapting so quickly and even like event strategies and streaming and just mm-hmm. all of these virtual things that have happened to facilitate the virtual world we're not going to need these massive office buildings like i know do you i just i questioning if that's like if this is the way that it's going to be
0: right, right or if it, like it swings back and people are like please get me into an office yeah. i mean i, I don't was not
1: I, I was a big, I do not like working from home. I, everybody who's ever worked with and for me knows that. I like being in the office, even as a teenager, I would go yeah. to the library and do my homework. In college, I did the same thing.
2: Yeah. So
1: I like having work and life separate. Again, yep. leaving and starting my own agency is a different animal because I work out of my house. But it was a conscious decision. And so I've created spaces within my own home that are separate. Right. So and I don't spend time in the workspace during the day. I do Smart. not have a big house for context. We just happen to have an extra living room because we're from different states and we watch sports in different rooms. I'm from yeah. not. So um, it was a conscious purchase decision when we bought the house. But you know, it's just interesting because I feel that like one of the big things that I'm seeing is this community change. And so Mm. like even Slack groups, like I'm in like 15 Slack groups. They've, there's a, there's a different tone in those. There's a different tone when you go to networking events, it's much more normal. It's much more like, okay, we've done this before. Here's how we do it. Let's, you know, it's much more like less this like, oh, my God, I need to connect with people to like, OK, I'm here. This is the thing. I'm connecting. What do I need? Who do I need to talk to after this event to be able to move on and get the the needs that I need to get out of it? And who yeah. do I need? You know, stuff like that. So it's just a really interesting shift, even when you and I were are prepping for this conversation. When was that, like two weeks ago? I feel like it's just completely you know, the conversation mm. and the tone has changed a
0: little bit. It's definitely calmed down, right? We're, we're less reactive. I remember one week where every group I was in had a happy hour. So pretty much every night of the week was like a a happy hour. And eventually it was like, okay, too many happy hours. Um, but I haven't joined as many. They haven't had as many lately because I think, well, one, either people are just out.
2: Yeah. There are August. those
0: people that are like out and just like, who, who needs a mask? Let's do this. And there's other people who are like, no, we need to stay in. And then, you know, my family is more comfortable, you know, just letting, her, you know, like we'll do our part. We'll just kind of stay around here. And so we're staying around here. And, and yeah, I don't know, we've just adapted, I guess. And, and, and it is an opportunity though, because the people around me. So for me, it was like, well, I could go network all these people and I could go meet these people, but, or I could spend more time with my wife. I could spend more time with my kids, like build those relationships. So it, yeah, it's kind of been like a shift of like, what are the priorities? And, you mentioned the office buildings. Um, I started questioning that almost immediately because because my team is remote across everywhere, U.S. and Canada. But we, I do have an office in New Hampshire where I just like you like to go in, and it has a window that overlooks a pond, and it's mm-hmm. really nice. And yeah, I just had that for a long time. But now I was thinking I might want to get rid of it unless it gave me a really good deal, you know. And so I emailed the guy to say, "What do you got? What do you got for me?" Because I'm I'm about to ready to bounce. But apparently he's been selling a bunch of office spaces, maybe to the even bigger companies who are getting rid of their bigger space.
1: Oh, it downsizing.
0: So at least I was hoping he'd be like, please stay, take my $1 deal. But no, it was like people have been gobbling up my little offices probably because they got rid of the big ones. So I'll probably get rid of that. I think I'm going to get rid of it.
1: It'll be interesting to see like, you know, because like the rise of WeWork over the, you know, and these yeah. co-working spaces and people because, you know, but let's talk pre-COVID, pre and post-COVID, you know, yeah. the idea of these co-working spaces and networking events. And even like, you know, when I was at Aberdeen, it was, I had, we had a beautiful office space. Like we had a really cool over, it's, it was in outside of Boston. So there was free parking. It was easy enough to get to. And so we would, I would host events at night, you know, for mm-hmm. various organizations. And so even like, I think It'll be interesting to watch how businesses leverage their office spaces to benefit like employee gatherings once it's safe to get together in larger numbers, I guess would be my, my first thought. Um, but even from there, like why invest in an in office space? You know, I would much rather like when I plan to grow my agency, for example, and I hire somebody, let's say they're local, you know, a, a writer or a designer or something, Mm -hmm. I don't want to get together at my house. Like while I could, I want to, you know, there's, there's a level of like business separation. Like I've worked in environments and I love, I've been very lucky that I've had some great, you know, agencies that I've worked with and other people I've been to their houses, but there's something a little bit like, especially now you're so much more intimate, but like having a, being able to maybe rent hours of a space that have the facilities that you go and you work together to, to bang through a big project or that your employees can go and check in and if they need it like a, a separate space that has the amenities so you know a different business model than we work potentially um, maybe more cost effective i don't know shared space with cleaning and the, i don't know i now we're coming up with a whole new so out of my wheelhouse yeah it's just interesting it's been you know it leads me to my next. Observation that I wanted to chat with you yeah, about. Yeah,
0: what's up? What are you seeing? So
1: my next observation is these niche communities that have cropped up. So I'm I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go for it right now. So the like the other thing that I've been seeing is because people have transitioned away from these larger events and getting people within virtual events. Well, there's right. a lot of successes with those, um, and for the communities that are attracted to those, and you know people are still looking to connect and blah 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 but these like a lot of these niche communities have cropped up. So people, you know, there's a number of them, you know, tailored towards women in technology or women in um, for me, you know, women in sales or women in revenue or these types of, you know, revenue uh, startup uh, incubators have always been around, but there's one that came up. Of course, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like revenue revolution or something like that. And it's for people who are, you know, you have to apply to get accepted. It's a networking community for people who are VP level up, who work in revenue generating roles within organizations. I do not qualify. I don't know if you do, you know, mm. because we work at agencies. So, right. you know, supporting staff. So it's it's interesting. There's a lot of like, you know, uh, Boston content is, a you know, they that's a niche community of Boston, you know, and they've expanded, but they also, like, it's just interesting to see the rise of these like really niche, you know, accepted, like, you know, only you get accepted, you have to apply. Um, I think we're going to see more of those. I would, I would bet money on it. Um, Especially since we're trying to change the way that we network and we can't do these in-person events. Is that, do you agree? I see you thinking about it. Am I crazy? Well, you are crazy. I mean, I'm crazy. I am
0: too. Um is it i guess it's like the whole like is it a vitamin or is it a is it like a life-saving drug so the idea of, oh
1: it's a vitamin
0: yeah yeah right like to keep you to make you healthier as opposed to keeping you alive you're right i mean so my team being virtual everywhere doesn't have a snack bar they can go into er- everywhere and it has almost been more of like a luxury for me to get out of the house to your point but if you can find a separate room and you know everyone has the same setup, but like you have a separate place. I have this coronavirus. this is the coronavirus studio B in the coronavirus <laughs> work office basement with no windows. I have like one, two, three, four, five five lights all around me just so that I don't feel like I'm in a cave. <laughs> and I still look like I'm in a cave. But either way, um we sort You're of a nice orange it. wall. Do you I? I do have a nice orange? You know, painting in primary colours is way to go yeah, but yeah day. it's it's a little bit of a home at home you know a little bit of office at home so i don't know it you're right i'm not going to bring anyone <laughs> to my hey come visit me in my basement to have a work meeting i mean how many right. on that like that's creepy i'll never do that but you're right Meet at a coffee shop now i guess instead of
1: or like a restaurant but even those like they don't always yeah. have internet so like I, I just i think we're gonna see a shift in these community spaces yeah you know, in these big buildings, like if I were a large company and my, there weren't people like, why am I going to pay for this space? You know, I don't think work's going to go back to the way that it was before. You're going to have some combination of work from home, you know, virtual employees. It's just easier to hire top talent to fit your needs. If you go virtual, you know, you might have like a bring everybody to one place and have an event once or twice a year type sales kickoff meeting or something, but I don't know.
0: You know what's interesting too, because like, didn't WeWork blow up? Didn't they like implode?
1: Um, I don't know if they imploded. I I know there was some controversy. I know there's a bunch of other competitors that cropped up. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: they're okay. expensive to run. You know, mm. to like a facility like that because if you don't have people, you still have to pay for all the stuff.
0: True. True. You but know. T- t- you know, to your the earlier conversation, like, so my my office is at a Regus you know which is like the the boring um cold sterile version of we work um <laughs> sorry sorry regis but you know your brand's your brand hey. uh, and so i was always excited i keep i kept you know tweeting it we work come to new hampshire come to nashua please um get me out of this office building that i'm sharing with like really um nah, some people in there are cool but like you know attorneys and accountants and like it's not the hey there's free beer in the lobby we work we're all you know coming up with new things together and it's like hip it's a startup land it's different do they right? really
1: do that though like every again i've been well, to a few i have clients and you know and people that i partner <laughs> with in those offices and i i see people working but i see people working together because they're working together not right. because you're at this company a or company b we need to solve a problem you know or hosted networking events at these spaces so i don't um, know maybe
0: it's the dream but either way sure. maybe like now's time for them yeah you know but yeah so i you're right i think i think the sort of modular approach maybe not having a permanent office i i see i still like getting out and connecting with people so that would be my reason to like I'd like to do that, but is it worth the expense? Especially if they're not going down on prices, they're going up. At least mine is. But maybe if it was going down, would I well, stick around? Probably.
1: But if you weren't spending full, if you weren't spending for full rental, so let's say right. it was part. I mean, and we could dissect this all day. But you know, let's say you're paying a hundred dollars a month. You know, and all of a sudden, if you only had to pay a hundred dollars a quarter, it or $150 a quarter, you're yeah. still saving money because you're having the one time, you know, or set number of hours or something. Right. Anyways, it's my new business idea. Don't steal it.
0: Do it. Do it.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please
0: do it. Please <laughs> do it. I, I need to go somewhere. Jesse
1: Cohen marketing workspaces.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you have to do some weird cool thing where it's like work.spaces or work spa and then .aces, you know? Yeah, there
1: you go. <laughs> yeah
0: make it futuristic or
1: just call it like work dot here
0: <laughs> yeah right
1: Ooh, yeah Ooh. Ooh. i know
0: you probably want to gobble it up in the next week, I... two weeks before this thing gets published cause...
1: i'm gonna go find that url right now <laughs> yeah
0: and i have a few things to do after this call so you have to gobble it up before i do
1: oh there you go well you there can, you can just start it with me i can have a okay. co-starter we can be multi-state
0: yes immediately multi-state from the beginning <laughs> there
1: you go <laughs> boom um, like it
0: in a warehouse down by the river, you know.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, if I could imitate him, I would right now. <laughs> oh,
0: seriously, a little Chris down roll. by
1: <laughs> the river.
0: Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> it be funny if you gobbled up like the worst, sketchiest, um, commercial spaces and then the tournament of working spaces? I don't know.
1: Oh my god, that would be the cool. Like, it could they be haunted working spaces, yes. You call
0: it sketchy dot spaces,
1: totally. Like, Dude, that's a way better idea. Is that because it? Because that's a hot topic right now. All of these paranormal things. Like, I oh. mean, he's a big fan of that. So, well, what,
0: what's the paranormal things? I know about the UFO videos, but I don't know.
1: Oh, I, I mean, there's so many. There's more paranormal shows on TV right now than I think there's ever there? been. You know, the, Just, the FBI released all of those videos. I mean, something
0: behind you right now. did, did you, what? <laughs> there's like a loud scream that don't. the show goes dead. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> published this episode it's <laughs> too controversial nasa will want the footage of it um
1: that would be cool
0: crazy well i want to ask you about the slack thing because yeah i'm in a bunch of slack channels too or workspaces technically and um you gotta have the app you have the downloadable app right of course because it allows you to in, in anyone listening if you don't have the the app on your phone for sure but also on your desktop you want to get that because you can easily click between different ones and they show you notifications of which ones have new content. You gotta, you gotta get that. But even then I've had some people have like Slack fatigue. And then the other thing is like some Slack communities are vibrant and some are not. And do you, have you seen the differences? If you could, could you pinpoint what makes one a great place to go? And the other one's like, it's like crickets.
1: Yeah. It's all about, I mean, it's two things, I think. It's the administration running the group and, mm-hmm. you know, encouraging the engagement of it. And it's two, I mean, it's encouraging members to engage as well. So making sure you have the right audience within the group. So again, you know, whether it's Slack, Facebook group, LinkedIn groups are not a thing anymore, which is sad. Um, I know forums, you know, Reddit, any of these places that you're communicating and interacting with people, it's all about creating engaging content. And it's hard, man. Like I started my own Facebook group just because I just,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, I hate, I writing, I can edit like a mofo writing just takes me three times as long than somebody else. I can do it. It's not a problem. It's just, you know, I much prefer to be on video and chit chat. So I was like, Oh, I'll do a Facebook group. Then I can do face face, Facebook lives. And then I can take that content and put it on YouTube, you know? So, but like running these groups is a ton of work and you know, that's why you see a lot of moderators, even in this. And it's the same goes for the Slack channels. Like, I have one, you know, for example, for Jesse Cohen Marketing, my business, and I use it just to be able to like IM chat for those of you who are old enough to remember AOL Instant Messaging. It just makes it easy. It's like one less email I have to read. And like, as we're working on projects, if we don't want to get on the phone, it's easy to be like, hey, can you review this? Hey, can you check this? You know, so we use it from a, a collaboration standpoint. Um, And I just created under me because it was just easier because I work with so many different companies and so many different consultants and freelancers I was like want to be in my slack. They don't talk to each other I mean they could I don't but that's not the purpose of it versus Mm. like um, You know some of these other slack channels where it's like you're really you can post jobs You can ask questions you can you know I've seen the ones where you're doing events and the event rather than going to the Twitter you're going to Slack to be able to interact and post commentary about it. It's, you know, like what Twitter was five, six, seven years ago in terms of these smaller dedicated community events, I guess is a good way to describe it.
0: Yeah. It's almost like when it's collaborative, it's mm-hmm. figured out because you're there and you're getting stuff done, but the, it's the community that's a little more challenging. Yeah, How do you provide value to those people? Yeah. It
1: goes back to the, the myth that we talked about originally mm-hmm. is the transparency of the purpose of the group. So, you know, ah. if you look at, um, I don't bring up, oh, my mouse is dead. Um, I have it closed right now. I have all my notifications turned off. But like, if you bring up, you know, there's communities like Gromance or CRO Growth Hacks. Wait, or- Romance. Gromance is one. So it's for growth marketing and, you know, sales. And
0: romance? Is it like bromance, but it's
1: Gromance. Is that a cool group? Should we check that one out? Um it's that's cool. It's
0: you have some you recommend
1: um I like, yeah, it's huge. I mean my favorite was started by uh my friend Heidi. Um it's called Marketing Mentors. Oh, cool. Um she runs a fantastic group. Um there's a lot of folks. It started off just being a Boston-based group and then it's really expanded. She's got some great networking opportunities in there. That one's awesome. Um content marketing leaders is a great group. That one was started by Boston Content. Um and then they merged with another group. That one's pretty great. You know, Gromance, CRO, growth hackers are huge. So those are the ones that I think are good if you're looking for information, but they're so big the community is is changed. You don't know what happens people when by they get name? big
0: because it seems like they go they global mass.
1: I get so many spam messages from people. <sighs> like I just like let me read you one that I just I've yeah. like, ignored it because I can't even I'm like I'm good that's
0: a new thing for me I haven't gotten spammed on slack yet like
1: yeah spam crap. on slack sucks um let's see this one is hi jesse if you're looking for some no bullshit growth tactics I created the name of his company a database of over 250 tactics for every step of the funnel trust me you'll like it I'm like did you read what I do? (laughs) Look at who I am. Like thank you for sharing, but like I didn't, you know, there's a different way to be able to network using Slack. That's, you know, that is a turnoff to me. Um, yeah. You know, and it might be an interesting thing that he's providing. It might be great, but just is such, I have like five or six of them in here.
0: Um, How could he have done that better? What would have actually gotten your attention?
1: So instead of reaching out, it's, it's the, again, transparency and personalization being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see a theme with me. It's, you know, <laughs> Hey, Jesse, um, great to meet you. I see you're in the group. Are you, you know, are you creating many, are you getting any value out of it? Tell me a little bit about your business. People love talking to themso- about yeah, themselves about totally. themselves, you know, um, And I would have said, Hey, great to meet you. You know, like that's my biggest thing, you know, tell me about when people connect with me on LinkedIn that I've never met. I, before I connect with them, I send them a message. Hey, um, I saw that you want to connect before we connect. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Why should I connect with you? Hmm. It's, you know, and a lot of people respond and it ends up being a phone call, you know?
2: Wow.
1: So if he had just said, Hey, um, I run this company, it's a new thing. Would love to get your opinion as somebody who understands marketing. You know, you don't even have to stroke my ego. Just say, like, hey, as a fellow marketer, you know, do you feel like I'm missing anything in here? And send me a link. Sure, I would have checked it out. But, like, hmm, maybe he can quote me in here. You know, it's just a subtle right. way to be able to change it. But, it, like, because he just said, here's the thing. I'm like, okay, I can guarantee you I probably know about maybe 200 of these things already. Like, right. why am I going to look at it? What's in it for me? So, that was the, you
0: know, and then he went like trust me you'll like it like what is yeah, that
1: sure okay trust me you'll like it like mm-mm. that's basically puts a nail in the coffin that yeah. i'm not gonna talk to you
0: you know i've been so, looking at like spam messages for a while I, every time i get them now i throw them in one of my slack communities it's a it's a part out user group mm-hmm. called the part out life hacks user group and so i'm like <laughs> Doing a little workshop on email messages, but now every time I get spam, it's I can actually use it. So I like screenshot it and throw it in there. And I think I I've started to see a trend tying into this. Like, trust me, you like it is when people um, they get too personal. Um, it's like you know, in, like Japanese culture, you have like personal and like formal, and and you know, you have like the formal greeting. If you don't know who somebody is, you're not like homies. Then you go yeah. formal, and then when you're best friends, you can do whatever you want to do and you can use the more casual one it's almost like i could see that being an email not that i need people to write like robots but when people say things like trust me you'll like it like i don't know you i don't i do not trust you so you saying trust me is what people say when you can't trust them you know and then other people saying like i hope you and your family are well like do you really hope i'm well you don't even know me why do you hope i'm well like And I know there's like general people who are just nice to everyone. But on email, I assume you're being not nice. I'm assuming you're sarcastic until you can prove otherwise. But like, but to jump to like, you know, like, oh, we connected recently and I hope you're doing well. Or, or you know, during these dark times, I hope, you know, I hope you're staying safe from the sickness. It's like, do you, I don't don't really believe you, honestly, you know?
1: Well, let me ask you a question because I, you know, I hope, I, I feel like I've said I hope you and your family are doing well, but usually my notes have some sort of level of like I'm not writing sales emails right now. That's Is it
0: the first sentence? Do you open with that? Um Dear Casey, I hope you're faring well. I'm gonna send all of my times.
1: emails to you or I'll now have that starting. Send me
0: an email, yeah. <laughs> um
1: I feel like I probably have, but let me pref- like let me put context around that where if it's somebody that I'm like, there's a couple of companies who are like, yes, we've wanted to work with you, but budgets have changed. Let's be in contact. So, you know, traditional sales techniques where I'm like, okay, great. Let me set up a meeting in three months from now. Does that work? Yeah. Sometimes we cancel. Sometimes we meet, we check in and, you know, we're building a relationship. And so yeah. I will say, I hope you and your family are well, because I know they have a family.
0: Right. You know, so You've met them before.
1: Yeah. Um, I do say stay safe uh, because I don't, I, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. You know, I think I, I sincerely, Jesse is not my MO. Like yeah. I would more likely say rock on, um, which yeah, me is too personal. I think for, depending on the level of conversation that you're, you know, it's not professional enough after we've chatted once, I'll say rock on. Cause you know me, you could hear it in my voice. Totally. But I, so it's like, okay, you know, I hope, you know, uh, I'll just say, stay safe. I won't put any more context around it. Just mm-hmm. implying that like, it implies the hope you're well. It's not sincerely or best or, you know, but it's addressing yeah. kind of what's going on. How do you feel about that? Am I, would, the, would you react negatively to that one? No,
0: me personally though, I have a thing with stay, stay safe, especially when people like you're driving and your friends are like, drive safe or you're like, drive, drive safe. It's like, what? As opposed to like drive dangerously? Of course, I'm, no. So I have a personal thing with that, <laughs> but I, so I don't, there's no big deal around that for me in the marketing sense. But what I have found though is, the people that um, somebody wrote me an email saying we talked the other week and I wanted to catch up. And that was tied in with like, hope you're well. And that was a complete lie. We've never talked to that person. Somebody I have talked to three months ago, opened the exact same way. And I think I have talked to them, but because they look just like the other one, I, it it sounded like the other one, you know? And so it's half, half the problem is we like, we can look or smell or, or sound like spam if we're not, even though we're not, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, Oh man, you, you're, if your opening line is exactly what you used car salesmen say, like even if you care, it leaves it up to interpretation. You can't put winkies and, you know, and you got to put a lot of If you put a lot of emoticons, I guess you can make up for it, but it, it can be kind of, kind of dangerous. I
1: don't know. That's why I use rock on. Yeah, so, cause you know, it's real. Like it's not going to be pre-programmed into something. There's right. a woman, um, Charlene Ignite. She's um, a sales uh, leader, sales consultant. Um, she's awesome. I've seen her. What's change. her last name? Um, Caesar is her last name, but her person, her uh, professional branding is Charlene Ignite.
0: That's, I was just that's a cool last name. She should change her last name to Ignite.
1: Um, she, she's awesome. It's her. She's a sales advisor um, and speaker, but she had written a book. I'm looking for the name of it. Um, and because we've, I send her any garp. I love taunting bad sales emails. Like I will email them back. I'm one of those. Me people. too. I love it. Yes. So I've sent her a few, and she wrote a book called The Email Cemetery or oh, is it I The Email it. Graveyard. It's awesome. It's hysterical. Um, of course, I can't find it right now.
0: Email graveyard or cemetery. That's uh, Right back too. I do too. I think it's a marketing thing. Like
1: it's because we know do better. Do yes <laughs> like, do, better. do better and do not spell my name wrong
0: well that's just that's a data problem
1: like I, no people have typed it wrong like take oh. two if you're gonna write me an email take two seconds and make sure there's an i in it i am not a boy i am even if you write jessica i'm fine with it because you know just just make sure there's an i yeah it's not yeah. hard do you i mean casey is casey whether you're a boy or a girl usually right
0: Oh, for sure you're getting blocked if you put cassie or something like that
1: yeah <laughs> So
0: we can't chat. We can't be friends. Um, yeah, Mm -hmm. weird. Like it's almost like I I'm more critical of it because I, I know how hard it is and it's like, yeah, to your point, you should have done better. Should have worked on it. You know, one time though, I got this one. Um, and I don't know if you saw this on LinkedIn, if we were connected at the time, but it said COVID in the email, something like I'm going to exaggerate, but it's maybe subtract four from my answer 14 times. So it was like eight or 10 times in the first four paragraphs. And they're like short little three-sentence paragraphs. So
1: Oh, I saw you post this.
0: Saw me post that? Yeah. yeah. They said COVID a million times. And I'm like, what are you doing? You don't keyword stuff in email. That's so gross. But what I did, yeah, I put that on LinkedIn. I, I sent a link to the person who sent me that. I sent him a link to the LinkedIn post where I just railed against the post. But what's interesting is um, he actually hopped in there and commented. So one of the people who commented was actually the person it was Get out cool. yeah it awesome. you know, props to him because he like took it as feedback
2: mm-hmm.
0: he needs a lot of it but he mm-hmm. took his feedback and and he actually asked a few people questions about their their feedback but it was a little awkward because one person was like and the grammar too <laughs> It was like what what grammar what, what what part did i miss there but you know it was just like oh Talk about it, um, and then recently I, I um, posted about a, a, an unsubscribe I tried to do. I don't know how I I need to introduce this into the company that sent it. I tried to unsubscribe. I go to an unsubscribe page, which I create all the time for clients, mm-hmm. and there's like my email, and then there's a link that says "opt out," and there's no submit button. I was like, That's illegal. Well, apparently the link was the submit button. So dirty, and it didn't look like a link. It was just text
1: oh, come on, man. I know. That's not cool. Like I tried
0: just, to, I tried to friend the uh, CMO of the company so I could do it gracefully, but yeah, I don't know. I feel a little bit of the, the you know, the, the rage marketer inside me wants to do something like dramatic and, and call them on their BS, you know?
1: Well, here's another one for you. So I was doing some research for a client. We're trying to figure out, they had a very specific niche of leads like like a market that they're trying to market to it's an audience that i don't have a lot of experience in so in educating myself my normal vendors don't play in this space you know from a demand gen perspective and coming from a place i know quite a bit about demand gen how that works list management data all that fun stuff so i'm calling different vendors i got some recommendations from people it's great this one guy i called him because there's no like I needed, I needed a quote to put in an estimate for, you know, the project. So, and I'm, I don't usually call, usually I'll do an email, blah, blah, blah. So I just called them and I said, Hey, you know, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for you to, to conduct the program. It's for an event that's coming up. You know, all I need is this is the audience. It's really wide. How do you guys do that? And so he said to me, Oh, we don't do the emails. We, we email marketing for you. We just send you the list and you can do it. And I went, okay. So I bluntly said, well, I don't think that's legal, sir.
2: <laughs> like you just
1: send me a list. And like, I can't, what am I supposed to, to do with that? Like, I'm asking you for it. Like I have a virtual event that I need to do marketing to. I'm not going to just take the list of names and email them because I'm going to get banned immediately. You know, there's no opt-in, there's no record. I would never do that to one of my clients. And he like, didn't know what to say to me. And I was like, well, okay, now I'm amused because I know this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So I put my, you know, I said, okay, well, tell me about your process. You know, and I don't say anything. And he said, well, why don't we do this? Why don't I give you my email address and you can email me your needs and I'll follow up to you. I was like, what? Yep. He gave me his email. I was like, all right, sir, have a nice day. And I hung up. I was like, are you freaking for real right now? Like, how do you people do any business? My husband actually heard it. And he's like, you were mean. I was like, no, I wasn't. The guy was an idiot. <laughs> well,
0: like this you know, sales what, 101. You got someone on the phone. You don't-
1: Take my information. I would have given phone. you a- Yeah, like I would have given you a typo in it because I don't want to receive your materials. Although <laughs> I'm super curious because I was like, I just, I kind of wanted to see what would happen. Do you follow up? No, because I didn't follow up with him. Oh, okay. I'm not giving him my contact information. I mean, if he really he didn't ask me my name, he asked me nothing. And like
0: Oh, he he gave you his email.
1: He gave me his email and his phone number and wanted me to email him for more information.
0: That's like when you go to get a girl's number and you're like, what's your number? She's like, no, what's your number? I'll call you. You're like, okay. Mm -mm. (laughs) It's never happened to me, but I've heard of friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 I've given out many a fake number over the years.
0: As have I for credit card applications. Mm -hmm. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, now that's on a recording.
0: (laughs) I really wanted that Red Sox t-shirt. That's all I got to say. Oh,
1: there you go. Yeah, we definitely used to give out numbers that were not ours (laughs) (laughs) back in the day who knows who they were, but <laughs> they the, send the actual
0: person, a credit card, a Red Sox credit card.
1: I, yeah. Right. I did have one. There was somebody who used to call my, like growing up as a kid. Again, this is before caller ID, you know, they'd call the house yeah. and the woman, we would just, I would just chat with them. Oh, you're calling to my mom. She's not here right now. And I sound young on the phone anyway. So imagine me as like a little kid. And um, she's like, Oh, okay. Well, can I leave a message? And I was like, well, what are you calling about? And I obviously knew it was a spammer. And I said, what kind of shoes are you wearing right now? And then I started giggling and laughed. She called me back and told me she thought it was funny.
2: <laughs>
1: like I, I miss those days. That would be fun. Did, yeah. The prank call, the harassing, you know,
0: you know, I had, um, a dirty the caller idea. Yes. See, we got full of business ideas here. This is like mm-hmm. the idea podcast now. Um, I love it. Um, <laughs> I had someone where, uh, this, Profile, like, wanted to connect with me on LinkedIn and kind of discerning, but in the end, like, I don't want to be mean if someone like read my book or something, but really put a message in there, people. I do it. Um, and it's a, I'm like, okay, I'll, I connected with her. The next day, I get an email from what turns out to be her husband, and it was spam. And and I was like, "What the?" And I recognized the last name, and I looked, and they're in the same. I'm like, "You guys, it's so dirty. Like, you just connected so you can get my information, and you can spam me the next day." So I like I called the number and talked. To, and I gotta say, it was. I usually avoid drama, but it was one of the most awkward conversations I've ever had with someone. Where I'm like, "Yeah, so you called me? Yeah, don't do that." I'm like, "It's like whoa, blah blah blah." I'm like, "No, it's terrible. It's really bad, and and it was just." I don't know. I, I made it really kind of dark. I, I didn't end it with like, well, have a nice day or hope this gets better. I was, it was like, no, you're in the penalty box. Don't do this yeah. for the sake of humanity. This is how we lose our cookies. This is how marketing loses cookies and all of our privacy with GDPR because of some dummy that's in there just spamming people for no reason.
1: This is why our jobs are hard. Like, and I, yeah. again, we don't have to go down that road. Cause, Cause the sure, amateurs. <laughs> well, and it's just like, be better, like be real, yeah, be, be better. better, be smart about it. Like, don't be a fool. You know, we all make mistakes. It happens. We've all made poor. I've sent out emails to 40,000 people with a typo in it. It's happened. You yep. know, then you I, send- I think
0: to your point though, the transparency, but also like, if, if it's, if it's, you're trying to help, you're actually trying to help people. And that can be the range of, you know if that's actually helpful or not. But if you are being genuine, then that's even a good litmus test. Like, is am I being genuine? And is this actually valuable for that person? If so, then okay, send your, send your thing. But if not, don't do it.
1: Yeah my favorite emails are the ones where people send out mistakes. So, and whether or not they're on purpose and I've, you know, I've tried this in campaigns too, but you can tell when they're like, Oh shoot, it's two minutes later and the link was wrong and it's not working. And you see the email two minutes later on a newsletter. Oh, so sorry. Here's the real link. I love those. I always open them just to see how people handle them. They're like,
0: you think, have you seen, cause you know, the skeptic is like, do you ever try to fake that or does that kind of hurt your brand reputation for being like, so it
1: depends. I've done it where I faked it. What okay. happened? So there was, it was years ago. There was a big email, like our newsletter was going out and there was a typo and a URL and you know, the LinkedIn work. And I just wrote in a subject line, oops, dot, dot, dot. And I sent, Hey, so sorry, here's the real link. You know, we made a mistake, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm Jesse, the, the marketing manager, blah, blah, blah. It was the best open rate I've ever had in an email, ever. Like, people
0: people want to see the car crash. They want. They to see-
1: want to see the mistakes. Let's use that philosophy moving forward. So it goes back to the idea, like you know, and I'm again, I'm sure people have talked about this ad nauseum with you, but like subject lines are to get people to open an email once they get into the email, then you need to close them. You need to get them to click. Mm. You need to get them to interact. You need to tell them what to do, but subject lines are to get them to open. So subject, your open rate is only a reflection of your subject line. If it's a net new list, it's existing clients. It's a whole different ball game or, you know, existing newsletter and stuff like that. But so those marketing emails, that's how I talk about it with my, with my team. So like, you know, I would push them. I'm like, be creative. You know, yes. maybe don't put 800 emojis in there. Stay true to your brand. But like, right. we call that the oops email. That was great. See,
0: now, and I can see you pulling that off. The only thing I can't pull it off, because if my team, we're supposed to send emails out for our clients. You can't do that. No, because it's like, <laughs> oh, we're not hiring you guys. You guys can't. No. You're going to send oops out on my behalf too. So, can't pull that one off. But No. But- this was... One day I'll I'll have a, a situation and I'll, I'll pull I'll pull a Jesse the, on them.
1: You'll oh geez, call it a female. <laughs> I mean I don't recommend it for all your campaigns, but even you know even with like um, if you're using like a sales a sales loft or an outreach right. or you know sales SDR type campaigns, those can be creatively positioned too for the oops concept. Again, how, many,
0: how much is too much though, right? Every well, email I, you have has an oops to no. it? No. Like, so going-
1: I would say once in the campaign, make sure it's a net new contact so you don't make that mistake again. It's, you know, it's like, it's like a great example of it is like, <laughs> I used to wait tables, you know, mm. in my 20s in an Italian restaurant. Um, and my, I went from being a hostess to waiting tables. And so sure. one of the people who trained me was like, okay, you're new in your first month leverage the I, cause you're, you know, you got paid more based off how much you made on the check. You know, the tip was higher. They, you know, so on and so forth. So we were like, okay, upsell appetizers, upsell drinks, upsell, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So one of the tips that I was given is, okay, tell people you're new. They'll tip you more. I was like, really? She's like, try it. See what happens. I was like, okay. Hi, my name is Jesse. You know, I'll be your server tonight. Blah, blah, blah. blah. I just want to let you know it's my first, you know, it's my first week or my first my, night, you know, waiting tables. I did great. Then about a month in of doing this, I had repeat clients and I didn't recognize. And I pulled it again. She's like, yeah, we know you told us last week when we we're here. I was like, Oh, <laughs> <Oops. laughs> yeah. I was like, mm, guess I can't do that anymore. Um, so yeah. So there is a, there's a point of diminishing return.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's risky, but I guess,
1: Hey man, it worked.
0: It worked. Yeah. Mm. I wonder there's how so you leverage that in email. You
1: so many sneaky ways you know yeah but
0: again if it, if it's to get some helpful information to people i don't mind tricking people if what you're trying to trick them to do is like fix their problems and yeah. you know, and change their life like great you know whatever we can do to get you into making a change you know i guess you got to use that power responsibly really
1: well and it's like having a cute 404 page on your website is another yeah. example so like you know, cute is one thing, but thinking about putting useful content on there to redirect them to the place they might be trying to go. You know, yeah. we change our web properties, landing pages, There's, and I'm sure you guys deal with this. Campaigns are coming and going, content's changing constantly. And so yeah. there's a lot more 404 pages that we have to worry about, especially with things being virtual. So having a cute, you know, cute and productive 404 page can make a big difference. You know, oh, sorry, mm. you landed here, you know. Here's a couple of places you might want to go next. If you're having trouble, here's our email address.
0: Right, yeah. Just kind of thinking about that overall experience people have. What do you where do you see all this going? What in, coming in the future? Like what what's cha- things are changing? Do you, you have any sort of like forecasts? Do you have any any premonitions about the future?
1: Um, I wish I knew. I think that's. Um, I think that's part of the challenge right now. I get asked that a lot. As you know, more so than I ever have in my entire career, especially as a consultant. You told me this was
0: your first podcast. I was
1: kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You're funny. This is my Um, first this is my
0: first podcast, Casey.
1: (laughs) The first time, you know. No, I don't get asked it a lot on podcasts. This is my first podcast in a while. Does that count? Sure. Um you know, but even from clients, like what's next, what should we be planning for? What should we be worrying about? You know, when I'm pitching my services and stuff like that too, they want to hear your philosophy. And I think like, you know, I think in marketing, it's going to be, it's, it's changing. It's an interesting animal. I don't think we're going to, you know, there's a lot of technology out there. Um, I know, uh, I mean, AI is always up and coming, you know, I come from an intent data space. So that one's always coming. I think, your online profile and how you're tracked online is going to be very interesting to watch the way that that works. I think from a digital perspective and from a legal perspective,
2: Mm. so
1: with GDPR and how your privacy and the information, I think it's going to get more complex and really cool and really hard on a lot of levels. So I think that's something that we need to keep in mind, you know, how we, present ourselves what we're putting out there um you know it's interesting it, even from an advertising perspective especially you know thinking about sports leaving television that how does that decimate the advertising market you know if there's no super bowl this year you know so how you know yeah. advertisers need to get more creative and how they're approaching and gaining visibility you know thank god for golf um but you know, that's, <laughs> I, but seriously you know so it'll be interesting to see even a lot so of true. But B2B companies advertise. I mean, uh, who's the guy? Is it work it's work somebody? I can picture their logo, but I don't remember who they sponsor. Um, it's one of the PGA golfers. Work is that workfront? Oh god. Work,
0: is it like work day, maybe?
1: Oh yes, it is work day. Thank you. Um I know everything. And they sponsor somebody big and of course I can't remember who it is. But either way, like people getting more creative with that. And I think like even in my own household, I was researching, uh, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but I love food. I love to cook. So I'm always Mm. on recipe websites. And my husband was like, why were you reading about blah, blah, blah. I was like, how do you know that? He's like, cause I'm getting ads for it. (laughs) But you were not like, how are you getting ads for something so niche and specific? Like I was researching different types of flowers or something crazy like that, you know? And I was on some sort of flower vendor website and I was trying to make, figure out how to make oat flour. There you go. Very transparent. Um, And like, he's like, why are you on, like, I'm getting digital ads for that. And I was like, that's so creepy, but so awesome at the same time that we can get so targeted to like being within the same, you know, this IP address in my house is the same, you know? So they're targeting, obviously they've made the right decision in terms of targeting my IP address, you know, because we're both here. So it's just going to be so cool. I like, can't wait to see what we come out with, like. They're just—it's just going to be awesome from that. Yeah, I
0: think people get all all creepy on it, but
1: oh, they I don't love realize,
0: it. Well, yeah, I think from the marketing standpoint, they don't realize is it's actually way better. Like, how many times have you seen a television ad that just doesn't apply to you because it's like some other demographic, and you're like, "That was a terrible ad," or it just burns in your soul. Like, I don't want to see another Audi commercial, to be honest. Insert random car commercial driving across the hills. I'm not buying your car. I drive Jeeps. That's what I do. Like show me jeeps driving around okay yeah. please don't show me your little bot if i'm gonna get something like that i'm gonna get a tesla okay tesla you can advertise and jeep you can advertise everyone else you are blocked okay i don't want another car commercial put something else in its place and then i'm gonna i'll like watch your commercials i want to see what's going on yeah you know?
1: i'm trying yeah. to think of a brand i because i'm definitely again outside of the industry that i'm in i even like my mom will call and be like I'm getting all these weird advertisements. I was like, wouldn't you rather see stuff that's relevant to you? Like, you know, like I get, I have a rescue dog. And so I have purchased beds for her. I say that as plural because I'm a crazy person. Um, Off of Facebook advertising. It's some of the greatest beds I've ever purchased for her. You know, she loves them. So that's why I bought more. Like, I would never have known about this product. Otherwise, it's great. They give me discounts. I can look them up. You know, Instagram advertising is another, you know, Instagram is oh. gargantuan right now. It's crazy. But their um,
0: ads are, um, They, they fit. I bought one time, I bought two things in a short period of time and I almost bought a third and I was like, whoa, put the phone down. You don't need that third thing. My buy what I want it. You know, like, no, somehow they figured me out and yeah. it was great. They show me stuff that, now they're a little wacky, but for a while they just had, they were zeroed in on me. And I was like, I would buy that. I will buy that.
1: Totally. Totally. I love how they're able to kind of, I love, I love the social ads because you can see the commentary on them.
0: Mm. So it's like, you know,
1: again, B2C wise. So like a great example for me is like, I've decided, um, we're going to talk about makeup. Sorry. I know that's not an area for everybody but I've, you know, household products as well. Like we've gone um, cruelty-free. So I do a ton of research in my house to figure out what products, you know, shampoo, uh, body wash, makeup, all that stuff to, to make sure that the companies are good companies that actually Mm -hmm. are cruelty-free because um, in, if they're selling products in China, part of the law in China is that you have to do testing on animals. So there's some companies who, still sell in China, even though they claim they're to free I'm not here to bash them. That's just the way that it is. But I do a ton of research on it. So there's blogs that I check. You know, if I'm going to buy a new product or something like that, I want to make sure I'm getting something good. I want to make sure that I'm getting something. You know, I care less about the, can- the chemicals, to be honest with you. I care more that you're not, like, trying my cleaning product on bunnies. Um,
0: yeah. So, what a, a buzzkill, huh?
1: Yeah, right? Sorry. Um,
0: Feeling sexy it- tonight? You should. We've tried this on Thursday. 30 bunnies.
1: (laughs) My bunny code lived through it. Yeah. (laughs) But the idea of like these companies, they can post an ad on, you know, on Instagram or even on Facebook. And you can see the people commenting, oh, this is a great product. Oh, I've used this or, oh, they actually have really ridiculously high shipping charges. Um, I'll give you another example. My cell phone case here is by a company called Pella. They're com- they're um I bought them off of facebook p e l a I will give them a promo in your thing if you can delete this if you want later no, but cool. it's compostable phone cases my um ah. pod case is also by them they Sweet. you know but you can see the commentary. Oh, this is a great product. Oh, I ordered it. Who, you know, like Amazon, I'm sure they're paying for some of these reviews because that's another marketing tactic in there, but there's gotta be some sort of probability. So there's some sort of level of real people in here, right. Good things. And, you know, have experienced that. And so like I bought a couple of these, I think they're great. You know, they're, it's got a little penguin on it. You can't see, you know, know, my husband has one with a polar bear on it. So that's
0: biodegradable yeah compostable wow
1: yeah it's cool yes yeah the the
0: commenting on ads gives you a little freedom i've Mm -hmm. i've seen some some dumb ads and i've seen some ads making terrible claims and what's cool is now i go to the comments just to see people burn them in the comments like totally yeah really is this what you're doing here is that what you're doing and then one time there was this ad about like cold water submersion or something or he's going to make you super this and super these days and then. I'm commenting like, yeah, this reads like an infomercial and somebody else is reading. It just, it can be kind of fun, almost like YouTube video comments to be able to see. People can be very funny and very creative and a little mean at the same time. But for a bad ad, I think it's like all fair and game.
1: Well, and it's, it gives you immediate feedback too, as a marketer. Again, this is, I have a friend, I was doing some marketing, he wrote a horror novel. And so trying to do social media ads to promote a book, book marketing is a whole can of worms. I'm never doing it again. Um, It's super competitive, like blah, blah, blah. But in the short term, I did it because I was like, can I try it? Let me see what happens. And like one of the ads that we posted, it's a horror novel. So you know there's there's guidelines community guidelines around visuals that you can use so i don't have like skeletons and pirates or anything like creepy in it i did have a guy that's like it's a dark picture and he's like had hands on a face and it was like a little bit like creepy somebody Mm. reported it i was like look at the how well this ad is doing and you're reporting that this is creepy like come on man like i've seen scantily clad people in various ads that you're right. letting go and this is what you're like this is a stock image that i downloaded for free off of unsplash like seriously come on man so this is g-rated horror but right? the comments on it were great it was like that was the best part oh this book is great oh where do i get a copy you know stuff wow. like, like that was it was really fun
0: getting feedback on your ads is like immediately
1: money. yeah it was fun well,
0: who are you like this has been a lot of fun. I'm having a good time. But like, who are you? Did you how did, did you always know you're going to be a marketer? Can you take me back in time? Like little Jesse days? Like, what was it like growing up? And, little
1: Jesse? Yeah. yeah. Sure. So um, as a kid, my mom always liked to say, my parents, I would say, like to say that I never, I went from crawling to running. So like, I've always been a little bit of a crazy person. Um, they used to call me as a little kid, uh, Dr. Destructo. i would leave awake you know i am not the cleanest person on the planet i mean my i wash myself regularly i mean like items within my house you know they're laundry (laughs) out um you know so i'm a messy person but you know the idea of like someone would be we'd be playing with blocks or something and i'd come by and be like knock it down like i love i love destroying things apparently sure so there you go um especially terrible
0: marketing strategies
1: yeah certainly that's a big one um, yeah, but I'm a lot nicer about it now.
0: <laughs> right. right.
1: So, um, you know, so that's, I, it's one of the things though, but I'm, I'm, I've always been a creative person. I've always been one of those. I'm very lucky to be um, I've known who I am, mm. you know, so that a, a lot, and I'm aware of it. So like, versus I'm always jealous of those people who woke up one day and they're like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be I a
2: doctor."
1: I'm like, well, I know what I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I am. Right. So, you know, but that comes with like a package of creativity goes with it, you know? And again, it was actually, I was at my parents' house this weekend. So I have a lot of mom stories today. You know, she had reminded me like, I, I loved like my science teacher, for example, you know, at biology in particular, she reminded me, she's like, you used to hand in the most beautifully designed reports that they were a pain in the butt to get done with you because you couldn't like, You just didn't care about the biology of it. So it's Mm -hmm. not like I'm smart enough to not figure it out. Although I'm terrible at math, you know, I could understand it and pay attention, like put together a great story, but I cared about like what it looked like and how it was packaged and how it was put together. And they always wanted to like save them and use them for other students. I was like, Hmm, interesting. So I was like, Oh, that's funny. I don't remember doing that, but I do remember building a lot of like dioramas that I would spend hours like building and creating, you know, and, so the creativity, the art piece of it, has always been something very prominent in my life.
0: Because you went to school for art, right?
1: Yeah, I have a BS in studio art. <laughs> it's
0: a it's a it's a science degree. It's interesting.
1: And a bachelor of science, yeah. So because you have to spend a certain number of hours, it's not like you have like a thesis. You have a thesis um project that you produce. It isn't yeah. like you're doing like a big paper and you know it was like a big art show that you have. And so I ended up doing um. I did a lot of uh, ceramics, photography, sculpture stuff. Wow. So um, that was – my final project was a combination. It was like a big tower, and I had, I had eight roommates my senior year in college. Um, we lived in a big house. It was not a sorority. It was three apartments. But I did uh, <laughs> – photography has been something that's been very big in my life. I had a wet dark room growing up. I loved taking No kidding. Pictures. Yeah, I don't do it professionally. I've tried. I've done weddings. I've done portraits. I've done all that stuff, and I'm like, mm, -mm." it's like the one thing I get really sensitive about, and I can't quite take the criticism. You can criticize me in anything else because it's your art, man. It's like a different animal. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, "Mm, I don't. We're not doing this anymore to get paid. Um, But it was just it was like fun so this was i ended up building these um sculptures of these like really fat i call them the fat ladies they were like mm. these really fat women you know sculptures and then i had this tower and beautiful pictures of my roommates and i was like all right sure here's a final thesis it was some statement on you know women and you know power and yeah blah, blah, blah. so yeah it was cool but i love you know i love building things i love doing things with my hand maybe that's where the cooking comes into play too you know and my I just I'm not a clean
0: chef. <laughs> yeah, but I again that's you know, it said at the very beginning, just sometimes the magic comes from giving yourself the permission to just go with the crazies and like when you come up with different things from that. Um, totally. hypothetical question for you. If you can yeah. go back in time and yeah. talk to yourself, like right after graduating, you get the you got the art degree. Oh yeah. A um, couple days afterward. And if you could go talk to that version of Jesse and talk to her and give her advice, what kind of things would you say?
1: Um, so I feel like the first thing that I would say, knowing what I know now is like take a year off, like don't go to work right away. Um, go explore. Um, you know, I'm always, I am, oh, now to get super meta on you, I'm uh, Sagittarius. So I'm a little bit nuts. But I have this Libra side of me too. So I'm very balanced. So it's a struggle, you know, to be able to say, okay, let's be responsible and real with really what we're doing and how do I get to where my goals want to be. Mm. But I also like, I just want to go do stuff, you know, like I want to go see things. I want to go. Right. End of sentence. Like, let's go. Okay, let's go. Um, so a great example of that, like on Saturday, for example, a friend and I had a plan to go to the beach. We went to six six beaches cape. yep we cross crisscross we were like oh we've been here a couple hours let's go another beach okay let's go you know like just so that's like a great example um and so you get the like,
0: blanket all laid out you get the little umbrella we brought
1: chairs the- i mean chairs. i am like see-through so it's not like i tan um you know so we sure. just we drove around the cape like she's like i have a list of beaches i was like let's go check them out she's like really i was like sure why not what else are we doing right <laughs> you know So I think that's what I would tell myself, like, go, go experience. And, and I would also tell myself, it's okay to ask questions. You know, I think early in my career, there was a hesitancy for that. Um, and you know, every jump in my career that I've made is to answer a curiosity and, um, you know, I was fortunate to be at a company. I was at Vistaprint for four years. It was the couple of years before they went public, a couple of years after, within a couple of different departments, hyper growth there.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Like the amount of experience I gained from that job was absolutely incredible. And I can't, it was one of the hardest jobs I've ever had because of the hyper growth. And because I was so young, I didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, had 11 bosses in four years. True. And I was terrified to ask questions because it was so new and changing. We were terrified we were going to get fired constantly. Really? So, yeah, it was a really interesting experience. And so, I've taken that throughout my career and said, I never want to put somebody in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I think Visoprint is great. I would highly recommend checking them out. You know, this is not a bash on the way they just went through hypergrowth. Yeah. and they were i i was a, a you know growing pains i had friends my husband even went there for a little while so um it's it's every step that's what i would say to myself back then it's like you know i went back to grad school while i worked at instrument because i had questions and i needed to be able to ask them you know circa yeah. 2008 the economy tanked and that's a whole nother story for another day. <laughs> but um you know that was it's it's okay questions are okay but mm-hmm. there's also a point Of diminishing returns with the question. So, you know, as a leader and as somebody, I love mentoring. I love having a team to work with. I love um, just being in a position of being able to teach. I am not someone who is, you know, I actually was offered a position recently to be able to teach some marketing classes at Emerson and I turned them down um because i was like i just i don't have the patience i'm not going to be able to do the best job at this i know myself you know as a company and i'm trying to network and like i've only you know i'm I'm trying this i need to be true to trying this thing in a couple of years i may go back to it and say hey you know remember me yeah yeah um but that's i that's why i I built the relationship they had a, a pinch hit for marketing you know it was like a marketing 101 course which would have been awesome so, but I also, I just say to myself, like, just be okay asking questions, but also make sure you do your due diligence first. Make it easy for me to answer your question as, a, yeah. you know, on the flip side of that. That's what I would say to myself. Crazy. And eat Crazy. more apples.
0: Eat more apples.
1: Less donuts, more apples.
0: Less donuts, more apples. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard an interview with the, um, the guy who founded the Spartan race mm-hmm. and, and some guy came to his farm out in Ver- Vermont to lose some weight. He's like, cool. Um, all you're going to eat, you, you got to detox. He was all you're going to eat for a week is apples. Cause like what? He's like, yeah, here you go. He gave him like a, a bushel of them or like a barrel full of apples. He's like, you can have as many as you want, but that's all you're going to eat for the next week.
1: Oh my God. They didn't give him any protein.
0: No, just apples.
1: Oh, that's a lot of sugar.
0: Yeah. But you <laughs> know what? You get sick of apples. You don't really want to eat them anymore.
1: That's true. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, An apple course. a day. There you go. An
0: apple a day. There it is. Yes
1: and a scoop of peanut butter
0: where can people connect with you
1: oh my god i'm on the internet if you google me i come up (laughs) so the best place is linkedin um
0: okay
1: you know i'm on the twitter i'm on the facebook i'm on the instagram and a couple other ways i do you want a sneak announcement that we haven't anybody yet but i can share it here so one of my best friends lives in texas she's in austin texas and we both have a passion for tacos here is some weird, a little weird. And so
0: I like tacos.
1: About COVID, and we were trying to come up with something creative. Um, she's also a, a marketer, product. She builds cool things, and I market cool things. So I said, What if we started an Instagram account? Because I'm eating a lot of tacos right now. I've been eating really clean. Um, and so tacos isn't easy food because corn tortillas, blah, blah, blah. I could share the nutrition that you wanted me to. Anyway, so I eat a lot of tacos, eggs, tofu, chicken, whatever. And um, I went to visit her late last year, and we had Taco Tuesday. And she's like, I was like, what if we, like, let's see what domain names are available. So we ended up starting an Instagram account called Lotso Tacos, L-O-T-S-O Tacos. And we're just posting tacos. And we're going to start a web page. We've been tagging some of our favorite restaurants and um, uh, vendors. I think today I posted my breakfast tacos, tagged Red Hot, Frank's Red Hot on it. You know, just because it's a, it's that's a awesome. and so eventually we're hoping to grow the audience to be able to get sponsorships. Isn't that everybody's plan of attack these days? Right. Yeah. Purely dedicated to tacos. So if you're interested, check it out. It's in its infancy. Lots of tacos.
0: Lots of tacos. Yep. I love it. Yep. And you know, if you're not already hungry by now listening to this episode, maybe a little bit of talk about tacos, maybe will encourage you. <laughs> I don't know if that's good to connect this Podcast with food, but if it works, go with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Instagram, they can connect with me. Um, yeah. You know, if you Google Jesse Cohen, I own all of my names, so JesseCohenMarketing uh, Facebook, um, all that fun stuff. So awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, good deal. A real person. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and I feel like we can hang out all day. I know, um we need to. have so much time in the day, but like, let's let's have let's do another one of these things later on, and just catch up and all the million other things we should talk about
1: certainly well this was great thank you so much for having me Casey. for
0: sure and you know like people listening if you learned something and had a freaking blast i know you did because i literally have two pages of notes over here front and back <laughs> then then share this with someone be a thought leader that's all you have to do is put some of your takeaways drop them in linkedin tag myself tag jesse we'll hop in there, comment too and then link if you to the disagree episode. with
1: us, let oh, us yeah. know. If you disagree, love, i would love it like yeah write me I mean, yeah. not really, but, like, disagree. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's have Except a Except you've
0: got a mace, but if you promise not to use it, people can. Describe.
1: I mean, he's little. He's not that big. He's, like, you know, two and a half feet, maybe.
0: It looks organic you know? on the screen here.
1: I mean, if you look at it against my arm, there you go.
0: you got long arms.
1: No, I'm 5'7". <laughs> They're not that long. You're crazy.
0: <laughs> I am crazy. Well, You're thanks funny. again, man. This is fun. It's great, great hanging out with you.
1: You too, my friend.
0: All right, everybody. Stay safe. That's right. Stay safe, stay dangerous. And this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We'll catch you all next time.